0: Hello and welcome to the Pink Bike Racing Podcast. My name is Henry Quinney and this week we're sat down in Leergang. Now opposite me is racer, team manager, philanthropist, international man of mystery and human incubator. That's right, it's Big Daddy Giraffe, Mr. Ben Cathro. Now Ben, Leergang is just bike park, right? Why don't you tell us a bit about this
1: week? yeah it is the most chill mellow blue route bike park you've ever seen but then they don't use the bike park apparently <laughs> no, they, they take us straight down the open alpine piste and um, through the forest through some of the squishiest softest steepest slippiest gnarliest holes you you've ever seen yeah i'm pretty sure of one one bit of the woods, I did see
0: Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze sculpting pots at one point. It was, uh, it's that clay, that muddy. It's pretty, pretty rough. Um, now we also have Harry Jenkinson joining us. So for those that watched the first episode of the Pink Bike Racing documentary, Harry is the man behind the lens and who we've been paying backhanders to to cut out all the bad shit we say. Now, Harry, can you tell us how a podcast got you working with Pink Bike?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah it wasn't this podcast it was the, what it was a downtime podcast mm. Catherine
0: was on it. so if you want employment opportunities downtime if you want all the sound effects and you know audio clarity <laughs> real insight go to them is that, that that's what you're getting at hey harry
2: you know i was decorating a bedroom
0: it's like our own home base and now we're here yeah. um Yes, I mean that's right. So you know, if you're wanting a job on pink bike racing, cleaning, you know, Cathos jockstrap, get in the comment comments. Let us know, and we'll see how we go. That,
1: but how, how was it? They actually came about. So what you heard me saying that we were looking for someone to film a documentary.
2: No, I did some detective work, and so basically Max had, Max Randall posted on Instagram that yeah. he might be looking for a filmmaker to work with. Yeah, and then I heard you talking about setting up a team. Yeah. I put two
1: and
2: two together, Ooh. and was like, "They must be doing a documentary about
0: team." That's, mm. that's my gig. That is. I mean, he's the perfect man for the job. When I ran Catholics, he's looking for a mechanic. He ignored my calls
1: for about six weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just the lines breaking up.
1: <laughs> and that's, that's usually it's because I just don't like answering calls. But I actually had your number. <laughs>
0: You yeah, well, I had to go, like, had to get a burner phone to get a job on this team. Um, now, Harry is something of a sonic guru, but thankfully, Catherine and I have insisted on recording in a kitchen, left all the pans on the shelves, and dragged him kicking and screaming away from the mic settings to keep the Bucket Boys podcast authentic and shitty. <laughs> Just how we like it. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, we call this um, podcast, it's all downhill from here. Um, and in racing sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you are the nail for us I would say it was probably the latter this weekend mm-hmm. Ben what the fuck just happened in Gang? Mm-hmm. I mean I've thought it was just podiums and top 25s from here on out mm-hmm. after
1: Fort William and I mean just talk us through it um, so it was two well no it was a day before I was supposed to leave to come to Gang. so I think it was like the, the Sunday yep. and uh, my son came back from the nursery a little bit of a cough <laughs> mm-hmm. D- delicate little cough apparently um, I caught this slight cough mm-hmm. mutated it in my body mm-hmm. and uh, turned it into something quite severe didn't you say you, were, you ate half a bat as well <laughs> <laughs> no uh, uh, <laughs>
0: the m5 server stations were we went peaky that day yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um i did get tested just just for the viewers no, you did get tested from, multiple times the listeners yeah uh, not covid uh but no i was floored with a really bad cold i missed my ferry out because i just couldn't drive i was mm-hmm. just like in bed um came a day late arrived luckily the team had set everything up and then we got to racing and holy moly could i not ride my bike mm. just very unwell and it sounds like it's actually a... There was a few people picking up colds mm. kind of over uh, over this race. A lot of people feeling a bit under the weather. Mm. Thiebaud, our racer included, he was not feeling great on race day with a bit different symptoms to what I had. So mm. there's things going about. Yeah. And
0: I've, I mean, also, I think it's, you know, going up on the hill, racing in wet jerseys, mm-hmm. you know, just it's... If you were feeling a bit peaky, it's it's yeah. probably going to get worse. Mm. I mean, for you, Harry, this is the kind of drama that you thrive on, eh? <laughs>
2: Yeah, if I get on well it's like two weeks in bed and I'm not going to talk to anyone and Catherine's like, yeah, it's alright, I slept for a day <laughs> and I'll just, fine, I'll just drive across Europe, and I'll break the world Cup, it'll
0: all be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is kind of wild, eh? like, honestly, um, you're not someone that kicks up much of a fuss and, mm. I mean, that's even more noteworthy because I'm the one fixing your bike, <laughs> but you do kind of get on with it, but... What, what, what was the main element that you were struggling with in your racing weekend in terms of how your body felt?
1: Just feeling weak. I mean, I was quite sore like, uh, you know, when you have like a cold or a virus or something, sometimes your muscles are just really sore. Mm. By the time I got to the race, I wasn't feeling that, but when I was riding down the hill, I'd go in little little 30 second bursts. Mm. Like, whew, okay, ride this section. Oh, I'm feeling quite tired. I'll pull over, have a little rest. And I was actually riding things, I thought, not too badly. Um, but I didn't get a chance to even try a full run until just before qualifying hmm. and I got about a quarter of the way down before I nearly blew my hands off. Hmm. And I was like, well this is going to be this is going to be a battle. So uh, I switched to just thinking about trying to somehow manage to do a full run from hmm. qualifying run, which that's not how you qualify for a race. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Harry, you know, joking about sort of conflicts and making the series because this series is supposed to be talk about the human experience of mountain biking, as well as its place within the within the kind of competitive scene. Is there a bit of you that when it all hits the fan, just goes, this is actually going to turn out absolutely smashing on camera, mm. you know, how, how do you, because I think, I think at least you want, I assume you want the team to do well and, but they're also, the drama which we'll get on to as this as this podcast goes on but there were some high points and low points of the recent races including leergang and you how do you how, how do you separate the friend and the sort of the support of the team and the filmmaker who's like oh my god this is absolute carnage
2: yeah you just uh, you just don't say what you're thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like it's like coming into the weekend right i always have like a plan of like what i think will happen and like, you kind of like make contingencies and you're like, like I sort of plan everything out story-wise in my head of like options. Mm. And it's like Kato turns up unwell. It's like, well, I hadn't thought of that. Mm. <laughs> so I'll have to rethink everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like when things happen, it's definitely a case of like, I have to be, I like stand back and like try and like observe things a bit. Cause I think mm. if you try and get like in too close, like you sort of, you can't see the wood for the trees. Mm. I think that like I've the team is like really positive, obviously, because we want to be super supportive to the writers. But also like, I'm kind of like stood at the back, maybe sometimes just like thinking about the bigger picture mm. and how things all stitch together. And like, mm. it's kind of a weird thing, actually, like, it's like I experience everything like twice. It's like, there's the reality that that's happening. And there's also the edit. And it's like, I'm thinking about all of the interviews that I've done for the past three or four months, mm. and how all, how all that's going to tie in stuff going forwards. And like it is a it's a bit mad mm. so like everything that happens i'm like slotting it into an edit in my mind <laughs>
0: and it's like
1: yeah. Ooh, oh that's a nice little nugget <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like yeah yeah that is actually like yeah. yeah
0: and so you know how when you first came on to make this series what was the first episode which if you haven't watched it, it's on youtube at the moment um and i mean i would i think it's great i think you've done such a fantastic job and i'm you know can only extend i know i just i just think you're remarkable you're so talented and i'm just stoked to you're the other one making the series i just think you're great how, how does how did the first episode line up with your expectations before you'd even met us before you know you'd known about the bucket boys podcast and the uh, the levels of professionalism we duck under <laughs>
2: yeah it's a bit mad actually because i guess like i'd like watched pink bike and cathro and like
0: all that And like I never shot any sorry, sorry, I'm just gonna jump in here. Harry said to me first time we met, he was like, Yeah, I saw you on that budget versus baller and you pretty much like it was shit (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude, like fuck me, give me a break. like okay we get the message internet thank you
1: I said the bit when you rode the sketchy breaks down the rock is pretty really good <laughs> you to endanger yourself more yeah. for you my sketchy shit good god man yeah anyway uh, so
0: how does it how does it line up yeah so yeah
2: <laughs> the I mean I I genuinely didn't come to this I was like I know what I, I'm good at hmm and that's like i'm good at like creating moods in films so that's my thing like mm. i like to make things moody and i was like i saw what max had done with the um walk the talk stuff and i like kind of knew what i would bring to it mm. um in terms of like edit style and shooting style and like trying to create a sense of like mood but also i didn't know what it was going to be yeah and like mm. the first one man i was just like <laughs> running on adrenaline, sprinting around, filming everything. You were filming everything. I was yeah. like, oh, Ben's put a cuff down, Film that. Oh, every every looking out a window. That's important. Like, I mean, the, the edit was not, like, in the can. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was
1: like, it was a process, yes. the first one. So, I mean, like, yes. Yeah. A big part of that, though, I feel, was because we didn't know what it was going to be no. at all. So in terms of direction for the viewers, or for the listeners, even, uh, we just said to Harry, just make a documentary, please. There you go. Have at it. Here we all doing at stuff. It.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, then after walk the talk, and not necessarily talking about like the direction, but just in terms of what the end product. Were you kind of thinking more of the same? Were you thinking?
1: Mm, well, we wanted to go a little bit more. Like, I felt like Walk to Talk was just me just presenting to camera. Mm. I was just, like, explaining what was going on, blah, 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 talking to camera, and it was just... Um, I don't know. It was similar to what a lot of other race videos, I feel, are, but with a bit more kind of, like, I don't know, the Sleeper Boys style mm. crossed over with some interesting stories and stuff like that. But we wanted to show more about what kind of goes in to racing and like one of the things that we talked about is we want to be really try and be really truthful and it's hard because you want to show everything but sometimes if you show everything it can be a bit depressing <laughs> so mm. we're, we're, we're wanting to create this series where we try and one help some really talented really cool racers improve get better and make a career out of riding mountain bikes and just kind of document that process um, and just show that in the most kind of like honest truthful way and hopefully make it enjoyable at the same time that's the kind of outline
0: but do you think there's and harry maybe this is one for you maybe a a bias because when you're having the highest highs no one's ever saying don't film this but on the lowest lows how is it for you because you you know you're living with us you're traveling with us how is it filming because obviously we really care about racing mountain bikes and these riders are putting it all on the line literally risking you know their well-being to do this and let's face it i mean we were just talking about it before but mountain biking at this level is a game of largely disappointment most people go home disappointed and you're kind of capturing all these intimate moments how do you how do you work with that
2: it is genuinely actually quite difficult, because I think, especially with the age of some of the riders, yes. so like for example, Amy's 16, right? Well, she was, It's actually her birthday the other day. Um, but she's 16 and she's still like... If I was 16, I just thinking about like, when I was 16 and I'd been vulnerable, like she has in some of the positions where she's not had a good time, she's been upset, mm. I think that it would have been too much to expect me to deal with a camera being in my face. Mm. But then on the flip side, like there's like Tibo, for example, who's a bit older, mm. and it's like he should he be able to deal with those situations? Like it's, it generally is like a bit of a moral maze to negotiate because I don't want people to ever feel like I'm trying to expose them, mm. but also so, I feel like if you don't show the truth, it's just so obvious, mm-hmm, and I it agree. makes you seem weaker. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes I think, like I just did an interview with Tibo, and actually he was really honest, and I said to my friend, I was like. We need to be honest about everything because as soon as you try and cover something up, it's just super obvious and it makes everyone question it even more. Mm-hmm. If you just get it all out there, then it's better. But mm-hmm. then like in some of the moments that we've had, like <laughs> people sometimes just walk and hide from me. Because if they if people walk and hide from me, they get some space. Mm-hmm. But if you're just in the pits I'll probably film it.
0: But it's like oh. in um Simon so Talk about Formula One, I always get one reference in. But when the driver keeps his helmet on, you know it's it's no bueno Um, yeah so sometimes people have got their full face on at their dinner table and it's a bit (laughs) 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 at least take the gold yeah
2: yeah right Um, also like just another thing as well is that like I do also feel there's like a bit of a moral thing about like safety in filming and stuff like that because I wonder how much of an effect documenting everything has mm. if they were just in like a chill team that was trying to develop them Mm. like it's very different to be in the chill team, well, not chill team, but like in a team where they're trying to develop them mm. and learn. It's very different to be in a team when you have a documentary happening all the time.
0: Yeah, but the thing that, I mean, you're right, but I think if I could just interject there, I think the cool thing, so the trade-off is with this documentary in terms of their, their careers is that we're really explicit to these riders, that we, we really want them to show what they can do and to get better and to learn their racecraft but we're not going to try and tie them into a 10 year contract. We want them to just go to really wonderful things. And that's probably quite a unique proposition. The other teams will probably be like, oh, so you say you get a more chilled out team. They're going to want, everyone wants to get their score settled at some point, mm. you know? So
1: are you feeling that filming might put extra pressure on them? I understand. Okay.
2: So for example, the, the knuckle of this is that Jackson doesn't like wearing a GoPro. Mm. And I don't know whether that's because he's not used to it,
1: because he doesn't want to film his race runs, or... I think it's because he's superstitious, but he hasn't admitted it yet. Do you? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Gen- genuinely. He's, he doesn't like having it on. And I've, he's, he's, he's got a few li- little things that he does for his race runs, and I think mm. adding a new thing in, it's just he, it's not agreeing in his mind at the moment. And he says he's going to try it. Yeah, but,
2: he said to me, he'll try it. But like, mm. that, for me, that's just a, a good example of like,
1: yeah, I'm inter- I get I'm that. And
2: interfering yeah. with the process—that's dangerous. Mm. Mm. But obviously, like, it's fine. And also, by making them giving them a platform,
1: mm-hmm. it's—it's it's a balance, isn't it? It is. It's like you cannot offer them this platform to kind of build a profile and build a career on without the negative of having more uh, exposure and mm-hmm. like feeling like you're being watched by more people. So it's—it's tough. But the new they know going in that there's a lot they can get out of it, but there is some extra extra baggage with it. So
0: Ben, if we cast our eye back to when maybe you were 16, coming from the dizzying heights of Oban, the metropolis. Yeah. Oban, um, Oban beautiful place. Oban. I, I like I the way a the. bank g- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked I liked Oban. I, I liked the way the concrete met the sea, and the rain met the sea, and everything was the sea. <laughs> You know, you ever seen um, Game of Thrones and there's the Iron Isles? mm mm-hmm. that's, that's what Obam was. I went there for a day. Came back with gills.
1: It is called the gateway to the islands. <laughs> the gateway to hell. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just joking. I went to home base there. It was great. Well, <laughs> shit. Uh, you might have noticed
0: I don't live there anymore. Um... No, I'm sorry. I'm being rude. I can... I, you know, I'm, I can't... I'm, I'm being, being funny. i remember one of my funny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's always good when you have to explain to people like, actually you might not realise but I'm absolutely hilarious <laughs> but if, if we cast back and we think of you as a 16 year old racer how do you think you'd have dealt with it
1: um I feel like I'm naturally not a very kind of outgoing expressive person but I learned to like in school I was always kind of like the goof that would try and be funny to get laughs and stuff Mm. like that so I think I'm always used to I don't know acting for a crowd Mm. Um, and then when I started racing I flipping loved getting filmed because I loved watching clips of myself and stuff Mm. like that and I actually I don't know I I genuinely find interacting with a camera much easier than interacting with a person Mm. Um, I, I can't even explain why uh, there's probably many reasons but the fact that you can edit what comes out is probably one of them yeah totally uh, so i think i might be a bit unique in that i think i would have been absolutely fine with it and probably loved it yeah so speak we mentioned jackson earlier on and
0: there was some footage we wish would capture this weekend from his race friends his quali one mm. who would like to have a stab at explaining this one um ben why don't you why don't you lead us through uh, so explain what happened to him. If you set the scene and what happened okay. in Jackson's quali run,
1: Qualifying run. On a blinder of a run, as he, you usually are he, when something happens. Yeah, he was on a blinder of a eh? oh, oh yeah, he was in well in the top 10, wasn't he? And he came to what is a pretty famous drop in the Gang track. It's the one that people have had many issues with in the past. And the reason that people have issues is it's a big step down that you have to be going really fast for. And when the mud gets really sticky, like it was on that day, it's very hard to carry the speed to actually jump it. So he was coming in, hit the corner before it slipped, dabbed, slapped the foot back on and then pedaled as hard as he could to get the speed for the jump. Everything was going great. And he's on flat pedals and his foot slipped off and it looked like his gears might have skipped or something it's hard to tell the bike was so full of mud we're not Mm. really sure but his foot slipped off and as soon as that happens you lose the extra drive that you're going to get from pedaling and you lose the ability to pop the bike Mm. over the gap and bless him he tried he tried he tried
0: proper hard i mean for those of you maybe if you haven't watched the race you might be familiar with the feature Mm. but it is it's intimidating. It's not... Like, we had a similar situation at Fort William with that mm. step down over the road. Mm. But that, you could probably, let's face it, just go, just pop off it and go to flat. Mm. You'd have a horrible time, but you are probably come away with silver ankles. Mm. This is a
1: chasm. It's got a crash net, because if there wasn't a crash net, you would probably have a very, very, very bad time. Mm. It, it's a big feature. There's a lot of energy involved, which he discovered with yes. his butt. Yeah,
0: I mean, basically, he... <laughs> just through sheer force just you know the
1: compression forces from his body
0: he you know he did he did quite a quite a number on the bike
1: the bike is it's very sad like the saddle got snapped because he landed on it so Mm. hard he actually ended up bending his bars a little bit as well he bent i mean basically if there's
0: anything to bend on that bike that's bendable he bent it yeah pretty much um i mean you know i'm saying this because i've got absolute faith that all the, to be honest, like I mean, basically, I'm not paid by the team on paper. They're the tour department, mm-hmm. so I can largely say what I like. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of all the brands we've got. It would have happened with any anything. But I mean, he bent direct mount stem, handlebars, forks, mm-hmm. snapped a shock, wrote off a frame. I mean, did the saddle?
1: He he says he's built different, and we used to laugh, but he's not lying. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I, think,
0: I think the problem was that he didn't even. He cased it to such an extent, I think the actual impact, the edge hit the below where the shock is, like it didn't it didn't get to it didn't hit the bash guard, it actually hit in front of it. Yeah, you hit the tube into the ground. Yeah, so I mean it just the forces separating. Sending the BB one way and the front of the wheel forward another mm. was absolutely remarkable. It was colossal. I mean, and honestly, like, you know, I say that because I genuinely think anything, it wouldn't matter what brand you're and of mm-hmm. anything.
1: It was, it was just toasty. It was like going through a wood chip well, I mean, it's this, just The doctor thinks he's, might have cracked his pelvis from the impact of him going into the bike. Mm. So it's, yeah. it's absolutely, I mean, honestly, that kid is, um, honestly, he's just like,
0: he's, he's a tough, yeah. He's a tough character yeah, he's and a unit. I've I've got a lot of respect for him. You know, we said uh we said after Fort William, you know, but just take it easy, man. You don't need to uh you don't need to break anything, you know, smashing through th- smashing through rocks. Break anything, I'll break everything. Just <laughs> and just, <laughs> and just <laughs> went off it. But he also sadly got was it two cracks in his wrist. Yep. Um which is hard because Jackson, as we explained last time, came back from quite a serious um shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm and he's just getting back up to speed and now he's mm. probably out until the North American leg.
1: Yep, and it's like, we were talking about it, like uh, he was really, really annoyed that he'd done this. And he's like, I can't believe I've done this. It's like, mm. I'm just back from shoulder surgery. But we're like, dude, you you didn't make a mistake. There was a jump that you had to clear and then like mm. the gears have skipped or something because of the, all the mud. Yeah. And then your foot's come off. You had no time. What could you do? Yeah. It's like... He couldn't have slowed down. He couldn't have done
0: anything. Yeah. Um, And honestly, I mean, you know, just going back to the the usage point, I have seen some comments asking about, you know, how many parts a World Cup team goes through. Honestly, it's probably, I think we're probably one of the less, you know, I hear some people, they do like five runs on a tie and they think that the casing gets a bit soft, so they change the tie in respect of the tread and all this. Mm-hmm. you know, for us, we tend to put a new chain on everyone. Sorry, a new chain on every weekend. Not <laughs> <A little fridge-ins laughs> <from> there are <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done <laughs> new chain. <I'm> done. <laughs> but largely, we go through um, a chain every weekend, maybe a set of brake pads if needed, and new tyres on the weekend, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. And all the parts are really good. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. we've had you know stories of I've of people literally teams doing say twenty rims mm-hmm. in a World Cup weekend. Mm-hmm. We're in an amazing position where we're really. Insulated from that, mm. um, so that's great. But for those of you that wondering, honestly, it's um we can be transparent, but also there's not actually that much to t- say. Mm. It, the bike's are actually built really solid, and and if there'd been if it'd been a case of rebuilding crap parts on crap bikes every night, it would um, it would be a very different story. So we're just super lucky that we've got the good brands, I
1: guess. Mm. Well, um, I mean, I barely broken a thing until we got Jackson on the team. Yeah, Jackson He's just built different. He's just different, <laughs> eh? yeah. <laughs> dark
0: matter <laughs> yeah i mean it's pretty it's pretty amazingly right? um harry we got a, we got the crash half in it was obscured by a tree if you want to go check it on instagram it's on the pink bike page the noise was quite spectacular but another moment we captured was from one of our other riders can you just explain tebow's how ha- you know same part of the course but what happened to T- in tebow's quality one
2: yeah it's interesting isn't it like both riders and exactly the same feature and almost like poetic mm. that Tebow who's a slightly more experienced writer mm. had an issue there and jammed on the brakes you know what I mean he like
1: called it mm. <laughs> and he said it to his face at least I stopped
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically
2: um, yes yeah, so Tebow jammed on the brakes and like he lets out Oh. This like girl wrenching. And also the French
0: really adds to do it. Mm. He's like fuck ah! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. But it's what it's amazing because he says it with such like, ferocity. He like throws his head forward as he screams yeah. it I mean you can tell it means a lot to him. And, and I went cinema. <laughs> Cut! Yeah. <Fate> of black <laughs> <laughs> I mean it is uh, that is also on on Tebow's uh, Instagram and honestly like when you see how much it means to these these riders it is Mm. is like a dagger to the heart it sounds I mean it's them doing it and it's their careers and stuff I just want what's best for them and I want them to have a nice time and I want you know I want them to get get what they deserve not anything more you know and Tebow he puts a lot into his racing he's he's enormously talented Mm -hmm. Um, when bringing Tebow to the team
1: Ben Mm. How did you envisage his season going? Hmm. What, 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 was, what was your so, thought process? process? Um, he was very last minute addition to the team. And it's not something I've, I don't know if it's all been fully explained yet. I can't remember if we talked about it in the podcast. But I, we didn't really have time to kind of plan or figure out exactly what he was going to do. But the general kind of idea in my head was that we would start to build him towards getting a good top 20 result mm-hmm. this year. And I think in episode one, I even nice sky high <laughs> um, kind of goal of maybe even a top 10 if things go well um, but then as got to know him and everything and learned, figured out his preparation for the year and um, discovered that like he's a busy guy he's so busy he's so busy and he's in school he's doing his fourth year of his degree, which he's nearly finished, and he works uh, not quite full-time job, but a pretty busy job marketing for a French uh, clothing brand. Chanel. 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 <laughs> yeah, he's selling a lot of <laughs> bottled smells. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he actually He's so busy with this that he doesn't really have time to like train like most other full-time mm. professional athletes, and we're wanting to get him to that point that he can. But he was yeah. already committed into these contracts for work and for school, so he's he's just flat out. And he even admitted this weekend that he feels like he's was a bit burnt out. Yeah, this weekend. I mean, I think he's someone that he he does operate on quite a high level of
0: intensity. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've got you know to be honest, like. Um, you know, maybe Harry and myself with standing, I think you've done an excellent job with all of the hires, Ben. I think they're all a great bunch. Like I said, you know, me and all Gubbins over here probably dragged the average down. But, uh, rogues. <laughs> no, honestly, like all the riders, all the, all the staff, you know, Pete, the mechanic, Craig, the physio, are wonderful filmer Harry um, and all the riders are just, are just great. Like, they're all so, um, they they just know what they're doing and they're just all, all mm, super great people to have on the team. And, um, Honestly, I think that's, that's fucking sick, man. Um, so just talking about, so the track conditions were really bad in that wood section mm-hmm. all weekend. Probably the best running was for the actual elite men mm-hmm. on Sunday, on Saturday even, on the race day. Um, so I'm going to play Devil's Avocado here, my favorite game. There is a World Cup course that runs next to the woods mm-hmm. that they've been on for years, that drains well. Mm-hmm. Should they not have just said, okay, so we've got two days of solid, I mean, and solid, is the word for it. Solid rain. Actually, it's not the word for it. Consistent rain. Solid rain, I imagine, would be a bit, <laughs> bit uncomfortable. Big chunks of ice. Yeah, big chunks of ice. Um, but could they not have just diverted down the other course? It was Ooh. a fucking shit show. I'm
1: going to pass on to Harry for this
0: one. What's better cinema, Harry? Well, it's good watching, isn't it? it? Well, it is, and it isn't. I mean, it, it's it's, it's, it, the, no it's, no it's like such like a fine ball. line. Like, you know, like in Bloodsport. Yeah. But, at some point. <laughs> but the thing is like, so when when you see the riders come down and they get through it, it's like, wow, raw down is amazing. When you see people running alongside their bike and maybe getting inside the, you know, which happened in the women's field a couple of years ago, mm. you know, and you think, actually it kind of, they need to have something that is, I don't know, consistent and, and good. And I, I mean, I don't really feel one way about it or the other. I do feel, honestly, with a course that was that, you know, that step down, I mean, for me we've all these all these really competitive um ambitious young riders mm. they are gonna try and go off a big slippery mm. um north shore sender no matter what and there were some huge crashes off that mm. so i think i think a nice compromise would have been a bit of pragmatism just to maybe say for qualities we're just going to tape around it i know i know i know what you're going to say ben <laughs> but i just think like right, no what am i going to say i'm actually intrigued. i think you're going to say um, humanitarian shmanitarian these are just bodies to burn baby
1: send them off the jump <laughs> what, what are you going to say? I the pile them up. Oh, what I was going to say was it's got a massive red bull logo on it and they want it in the shop mm-hmm. okay I mean that's that's equally cynical
0: but from a different angle I like it
1: <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what it is I mean
0: I've got no problem for I mean maybe it depends maybe they can't change the course between qualies and racing but I just feel like who who really gains from 10 people acts themselves because lots of people wear off their frames yeah. lots of people the, did
2: the, the conditions just hit a certain point at qualities that just made it that because today mm-hmm. it was fine wasn't it
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I, like if you were watching the live feed today you were probably like yeah what are you on about mm. oh yeah, absolutely You're fine mm-hmm. so it, I think in these situations everyone has. A brain and there is a route around it so I think as an organizer you say well this is a jump that runs very nicely the conditions today are particularly disgusting if you don't feel you're going to clear it you don't have to do it right now and mm. kind the of things that we can make our own decisions and I obviously I'm not racing at the top end of the game but I made the decision not to even try it mm. for my qualifying run I felt like I don't want to do a Do a Jackson, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) pretty much. So uh, there's maybe a bit of that involved, Um, and also as an organizer, I think everything's locked in stone, like well before the event begins. Mm. Um, And it's a hard one to call, but I bet you after that World Championships, people were talking about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. That wood section, it's maybe not a bad thing for it to be a big talking point. Yeah, I mean
0: it's definitely. You know, making people question whether the Leergang World Cup track is probably one of the least bike parky yeah.
1: going now. Yeah, it was probably because of all the years of a... Yeah. Oh, oh, it's not schladming, is it? Yeah, oh, it's all bike parky, I'm like, well, how's about watch, this? Watch
0: this! <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm going I mean, down the track.
0: Do you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I guess, I just feel. I know you say that people have a brain and you're absolutely right. And maybe it's me being a bit overbearing, but I just think when people like Jackson, because you have to commit so far in advance mm-hmm. and Thibaut could have been the same, but if his wheel had washed just a little bit further, mm-hmm. he'd have been in the exact same boat. And yeah,
2: I guess- he considered diving into the net head first in frustration.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's, it's, it's not that you have to commit to it. It's that you have to commit before you know what's going to happen. And that's what makes me, mm-hmm. I suppose then it is a game of skill as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, I mean, what's there to say for, you know for what it's worth like, I'm, I am happy to be wrong and I'm someone that normally I'm quite cautious and mm-hmm. bear in mind it should be said that I'm not a World Cup level rider you know so my, the way I view things is probably a bit skewed um, but get in the comments you know what do you guys think because for me I think like if there was oil on a Formula 1 track sorry you know but it's a good example they'd be like oh, okay let's do something about this they were chucking like bits of gravel on the track and stuff mm-hmm. and i think if you got to that level you know why not just tape around
1: the one feature that's dangerous and then just let it run so i would say oil on a formula one track is a uh, like perfect a perfect metaphor
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fine yeah, yeah. thanks lads End
1: but podcast. That... <laughs> yeah. <Back to> black. <laughs> that's like a real out there not an out there scenario but it's like that that is not supposed to be there like normal weather conditions like rain and stuff is and obviously it can get to a point in Formula One where Mm. too much rain in terms of visibility is a bad thing but like I would say oil on a Formula One track is like I don't know a spectator has fallen in the middle of the track yeah you're going to do something about that because that's that's not supposed to be there
0: that's fair Hmm. that's fair okay well next time we need to (laughs) next time we need to close the downhill course I know what to do just just. (laughs) Just wagon wheel a toddler down the hill. <laughs> Just, this, is for the, this is for the welfare of the riders. Um, but let's actually go on to the results. So starting with the junior women, um, Phoebe Gale had an absolute stormer. So I thought from qualifying the top seed, uh, Jenna Hastings, mm-hmm. the Kiwi rider, I thought she was going to maybe be the story of the weekend. Mm-hmm. But not to be outdone, Phoebe Gale put a whopping 14 seconds into her. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's kind of settled some scores from Fort William. What do you think?
1: Yeah, she was... I mean, she won some World Cups last year. So this is her second year in junior. And she's one of the fastest riders in the female junior category. Like, you watch her riding super quick. But she has had a few mishaps at the last few races. And she definitely had a point to prove. And if she could piece one together, yeah. I I mean, that result actually doesn't surprise me. Mm. Really. Um, I would say I would have expected it at some point, and uh, when the track conditions are like this, especially for the junior girls where it's such a physical track, it really spreads out the field, mm. yeah, that's not surprised mm. Like it was coming, definitely
0: Yeah, I mean, good on her. I mean I think uh, yeah, she's been it feels like, you know, Gracie Hemstreet has sort of, you know, been piecing together some really, really yeah. strong results and I'd love to see a good, a good fight for the overall I think that it's great for women's racing i think it's great for junior racing mm-hmm. and um and yeah i mean similarly with the uh, junior men another great fight it carries on jordan williams and Jackson goldstone this time williams is able to put about four seconds mm. into goldstone so yep. it's you know i mean i always talk about it but it is just isles walker v2 you mm-hmm. know you've got these Two amazing riders you know up and comers and um and it feels like they could be real stars of the future
1: yeah absolutely the we've heard that jackson had made some mistakes further up the track but it was the kind of track for it it was easy to make mistakes and jordan made less mistakes and yeah the two of them are unreal and they actually had harder conditions than uh the elites oh, absolutely, on in the day. absolutely. Like, yeah definitely so uh yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Mm. I actually don't know who's going to take it. Mm. It could easily be either one of them.
0: Yeah, and another rider that went really strong was um, Lackland, Stevens, and McNabb, who was actually not so far behind Goldstone on the same second. Yeah, and you know, for it, you know, do you think there's an element with these juniors? because it feels like Williams and Goldstone are so far ahead of the field, mm-hmm. that actually in terms of like their racing CV and what they're going to go to sponsors when they try and get a deal in their first year elite, mm. a third place behind them too is actually
1: a pretty, pretty good result, you know? Well, it was the same with uh, Remy Muir-Smith. Like he was just behind them at the last round and like no one was talking about him, but he would have still been top 15 in the elite. Mm. And it's like, that's mental. That's wild. That's like, absolutely mental. So yeah, it's a really competitive junior field this year, and it's it's hard to get out of the shadow of Jordan and Jackson. Mm, absolutely. Um, speaking of you know coming out of the shadow,
0: Camille Belange, a wetlyer gang, she seems to to have the run on the place. Um, another fantastic result for her today. I mean, this is someone who's you know I think before she won worlds here was that twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You know she'd, she had some she kind of been promising. Yeah, but it just feels that then she just cracked the code. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of actually sort of, you know, with with the women's race, it's we're always kind of hoping, you know, for these sort of we want we want we want the women's race to replicate the same competitive field as the men, and it, it felt in some ways that Rachel dominated for so long. Mm-hmm. It's been a case of who's going to take a mantle. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it last time, but you know, both uh, Camille Boulange as well as um Oh man, uh, my mind's gone completely blank. Help me, Santa Cruz and Nina Hoffman. Nina Hoffman yeah. You know, have both just come out of nowhere and really asserted themselves on, on the women's elite field. Um, someone in fourth place, Louise Anna Ferguson. You? So she didn't even get a day's practice on no. Friday. <laughs> How wild is that?
1: She got like, her flight was cancelled, she got stuck in Germany, and she turned up after, yeah, the full day of practice. And uh she got two runs in before a qualifying run.
2: Wild. That's insane.
1: Like did you do you, know you know this? Hearing about it right now. Right now.
0: <laughs> two runs. Harry's thinking that'd be such a good drama, Ben. So for the flights for Lenzaheide. <laughs> yeah. Can we can we See, make something work? You know. Yeah. It's yeah, all then story. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, like a bit mad. And yeah she uh she's from scotland originally she's staying in new zealand she's flown over to race the world cups for the year um i can't remember how she did in fort william but yeah she did quite well at this one but she's in she's only seen you know floating around because she was on that
0: team with tommy wilkinson eh? i think it was like descent mm. world something like that
1: yeah she was uh, had a deal with uh, Radon. radon, radon. Yeah, yeah that was it yeah and they don't actually have a downhill bike so she's not really been doing any downhill mm. events so and she's been really wanting to she raced back in scotland uh for quite a while and was always like this really promising kind of up and coming rider mm. she came into the sport a little bit later and was like holy crap she could be really good but she's not really had much i don't know um uh, like focus mm. in terms of racing she just likes riding bikes yeah. having fun and uh yeah she came she's uh, gotten an opportunity to come over and race these uh, she's getting support from nuke proof yeah and she, <laughs> I was just talking to her, actually, we interviewed her for the story of the race and uh, she's like, yeah, I'm going to be do, do this World Cup and then I'm going to do Crankworks and I'm going to do the Enduro World Series and then I'm going to do the next World Cup and she's going to just be racing every weekend for the next, like, two and a half months. Wild. You know?
0: Because it's a similar story with that Dan Booker, another newproof rider. Yeah. And Newproof seems to be really good again. He's sort of mm-hmm. under the radar riders because he got a top, maybe top 10 EWS? Fifth. Fifth. And then he got a top 20 here. Yep. Amazing, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's so cool. On flat pedals. On flat pedals. Mm. Oh, we need to ask Jackson how he feels about flat pedals. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, he, <laughs> he might have had a change of tune, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but on to the elite men. So we had Matt Walker take out the win, pipping his old teammate at Saracen, Danny Hart. Angel Suarez, you know, within, you know, I mean, it was a within about one and a half seconds of the win. That was a brilliant result. A brilliant me. result. And Andrew Piron and Andreas Kolb as well. But there's one man, I mean, I am the president sitting next to the chair of the Benoit Coulange fan club. <laughs> we love him, we love him.
1: <laughs> I thought he was gonna do it, Ben. I thought he was gonna do it. Like we, this, me, Henry, other mechanic, Peter, we were sat in the grandstand Cooking in the sun, drinking our Blue Gate Blue Gate <laughs> Blue Gate to wash down
0: a Calippo and a Magnum. And honestly, I had a combination of sunstroke and a sugar crash. It was absolutely horrific. I had a
2: conversation with Henry when he got back, and he was basically vibrating. <laughs>
0: honestly i was just like what <laughs> why why are these things happening it was so hot and oh. i should say we went on the actual grandstand we were on the cross country grandstand yeah, to watch the like, big screen yeah, the and there was just nowhere to hide man
2: i went oh. sir, under the grandstand with two toddlers yeah.
0: <laughs> well this is it so i was we we're standing at grandstand and i was like who's that riding down the hill in front of us so is like, that he's on my fucking bike it was him rolling down in front of me i was like it's harry That's a bike i took it yeah. <laughs> but um yeah so benoit lunch, i mean showing that you know pace is one thing but mm. you've got to yep. stay on the bike he's finished oh. 20th i think even with the
1: crash yeah well dude he it was so easy to make a mistake in those lower boots and you can see he just overcooked it into a turn, didn't quite get the balance right, and got stood up. And then Done. he was down. And, uh, like, I don't want to put it down to luck or anything, but it did feel like he got a bit unlucky there. Mm. Just, like, he was playing on a knife edge and just stood the wrong side of it. And, uh oh, he could have so easily had his first win there. That... Yeah, he's got such a, I, mean, I don't know, maybe...
0: I want to say, industri- like an industrial riding style. Like he's we watching that top section, and he's so exaggerated in movement. His knees are out. Mm. It's just you know, it's it's. I just I just love the way he rides. I love the I love his low profile sort of just all action, no bullshit sort mm. of vibe. And um, oh, I was really rooting for him. I really, really, really was.
1: Yeah, well, me and you both had her head and her hands when he went down. Yeah, like, no! And it wasn't just because of the sunstroke. Yeah. It was. <laughs> wilting on the grandstand. Oh, oh Ben
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, uh, I mean, Harry, if there's ever a story you wanted to cover, someone like Ben Rocking large flies under the radar, but gets it done. Can you make a documentary series about him as well? If his agent wants to... Yeah. <laughs> Talk numbers. To transfer teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love to know a bit about his processes and he's sort of this... I know kind of um enigmatic figure that's like on the periphery, but he just delivers and
2: I love people who are like quiet. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like anyone who's like remotely showy or loud, I'm like, cool.
0: Thanks, man. Bit... Harry, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> people that go on podcasts and say mad things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> people that are in budget versus Borough on Pink Bike, nerds.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I like I like under radar. Mm. sort of when you're like you know it's cool when someone who like delivers the goods and you didn't expect it mm. and it's like whoa I didn't know they were cooking up a storm mm. and then all of a sudden they're there and I actually think our very own people that a bit of one of those yes mm. it's like it's all there it's all in mm.
0: there so looking back through you know however long you've been following downhill for can you think is there anything that you think of maybe that happened in the last 5-10 years that you thought oh I wish i wish i'd been the person that got to film that because a lot of these a lot of these you know we're obviously making this really in-depth sort of um drive to survive sort of larger scope series but a lot of these teams do have documentary makers right any stories that you'd, you'd love that you'd wish to be able to tell
2: you know the one it's probably not the appropriate answer is uh, rachel having a baby mm. and coming back to racing i can't think mm-hmm. of anything more interesting than that yeah for me that's like that's the story mm. And there is actually a poker following her mm-hmm. but yeah. so i'm too late missed that one
0: just <laughs> to that podcast so, Rachel, <laughs> rachel's <laughs> agent don't even bother
2: no but that is like, like that is the Ooh. most interesting story if she comes back regardless of what happens that is
1: and what, be amazing and what is so interesting just the the different kind of mindset that she would have as a mother
2: yeah that as well as just proving to the world that like it's possible mm. i think like there's a lot of judgment on Mothering and all of that kind of stuff, Mm. and to come back at like for someone who is top top, Mm. and then to come back and like whatever she does, it would be sick. I think, regardless of results, to see her come back and race, and it would be cool. It would almost be cool if she came back and didn't do well and was still happy.
0: Yes, I mean you've seen it in road. I think it was uh, Lizzie Armstead, one Parry Bay coming back. You know she's she's absolutely smashed it. Um, ben, how did fatherhood change downhill for you?
1: Hmm, I've not been asked that yet. or I think I have.
0: Hmm. So I think downhill has changed the possibility of fatherhood for Jackson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jackson. That was was, Jackson will laugh. He's a good, he's a good lad. He said he's actually really pleased because his balls are absolutely fine. (laughs) He just took it straight to the to the the bum hole.
0: (laughs) Oh no! Um, It's now
2: a baby, (laughs) mate
1: you'll um, be alright right, right hang on I'm coming back to, <laughs> question, back to that question poor
0: Drax needs to get a pasting in this podcast he's oh, supposed to be here he's <laughs> it, supposed, be, it. be it. supposed <laughs> to be here he's <It's> actually supposed to be he's gone to <laughs> <under> the lash <laughs> we're doing this on Saturday night uh just after the race, actual post race, actual post race, very cool. Jackson post-race. looked at us three lemons and just thought, "I'll take my chances in the in the pub." Thanks, mate. <laughs> I Everyone I had shit chat. That, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I've got the chance to go speak to you know a drunken you know mid sixties Austrian man as he gargles whatever <laughs> bullshit he's spilling in the pub. Probably get more sense out of him than you three, <laughs> and off he went. <laughs> well, but yeah, we'll yeah,
1: be back, yeah,
2: back to
0: mensary. Right, okay.
1: Um, I wasn't thinking about it. Uh, so. In terms of my riding, I don't actually feel like I think that different, to be honest. Mm. I find when I ride, my mind sort of just goes blank and I just focus on what's in front of me. Um, So, I don't feel like I'm being defensive or protective of myself because I am a father and have a family. But in terms of my decisions around racing and going into like racing in terms of like um, for instance like on the practice day I was feeling terrible and I felt like I could crash my bike at any moment I was like I'm not going to practice for the middle of the day and just rest mm. those kind of decisions maybe yes but in terms of riding my bike and the speed I want to go when I think about like in terms of being a father no I don't think I ride any differently mm. but I do think I ride a bit smarter in terms of just I've learned over the years. Mm. Like I feel like I am I ride a bit smarter in general, not because I have kids, but just because I've got more experience. Mm.
0: But you are quite a paternal figure in the team. Would you agree with that, Harry?
2: Yeah, 100%. I was going to say, like, I think, particularly with the team being like focused on juniors, it's almost like perfect timing hmm. with you because I think you're very paternal and like, even in the first edit you were like, saying about Amy, like, don't go too fast, it's just the World Cup. <laughs> Um, mm. like i think they probably need someone like
0: that mm. to some extent rather than someone who's like now get out there and prove something yeah I, I like the fact that i think you know the culture that started with you the ones through the team is that people can decide what things mean to them mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm. there's, 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 no, there's no there's no shouting or anything it's just like if it's important to you then it's important to us and obviously it is important to them but they, they can set that they can have their own space to decide their own feelings about their own racing mm-hmm. and i think that is super important because i think that you know like they should, they should I, don't, I don't know I, I you do see i think an element of sort of vicariousness in mountain biking downhill racing whether it's whoever like kind of trying to live through the rider but mm-hmm. actually it's their racing career and i just think they should be i know it sounds kind of bullshit corporate speak just empowered to enjoy it in their own way mm. and um and just give them as much information and support as needed and as you can, and they can make the most of it but respect them as adults to, to find their own way
1: I feel like I don't like to um, put anything on people until I know them mm. and know what they need I don't feel like I know quite well, Like I'm learning like what each rider needs a little bit so it maybe looks like I'm just taking a back seat mm. quite a lot but it's more that I'm waiting until i know what to give each rider to Mm. help them improve so i think that might change as the year goes on but you can't just you know use the same process with each person yeah and that's it's cool it's something i learned through like doing all the years of coaching that i Mm. did that you didn't teach any person the same way Mm. it was really it's really quite interesting like I was like, Look, I just taught this guy yesterday, and he got it immediately. How are you not getting? This? <laughs> <laughs> the jump pull up, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I,
0: I, I think should, it might I change. should still apologise about that one-star Google review on left, Catherine, but you did really upset my feelings. <laughs> The last <laughs> yeah well that's all we're under bridge now and thank you very much for listening to uh, the Pink by racing podcast ben and the team are off to innsbruck now mm-hmm. at least the riders um i am going to go live in a van by a river in morzine um so if you see some kind of you know weird pasty white figure washing themselves in a stream you're not having a fever dream sadly <laughs> sadly that's just me um harry thank you so much for joining us on this podcast you're going to edit city i believe yeah just mm. edit population. edit edit. population
2: Population. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Style. No. laughs> I love
0: it. but um yeah thank you very much for watching and like i said if you haven't seen the first episode of a pink bike racing series please do check it out on youtube it is a bloody good watch thanks guys and we'll see you next time